Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and at times a bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and on today's segment, we're going to discuss mobility electrification or electric mobility, or whatever you want to call it, it is the inevitable march to using renewable energy. As an example, the Boston Consulting Group predicts that electric vehicles will have a market share of up to 50% by 2030. Today, my guest, Tavis Zetto, Director of Mobility and Technology for Panasonic Industrial Devices and Solutions Group. He is going to help us unpack the need to knows on how electric mobility is defining the future of personal and public transportation. Welcome, Tavis. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Barry. Yeah, we're pretty excited. This is a, a one-off conversation. Uh, once I saw the topic, uh, I just knew it was going to be good. So let's start from the top. What is electric mobility or mobility electrification? I know it's a mouthful, but how do you define it? Yeah, um, so electric mobility, you know, it could actually mean something different depending on the context. But for me, it's all about any mode of transportation using electricity for movement. So this is more commonly referred to as e-mobility. Um, uh, most people, the easiest analogy are passenger vehicles, things like cars, pickup trucks, and SUVs. Yeah, I think that's, that's helpful. And I personally do not have an electric car. I'm wondering if you do. Yeah, I, I actually do. I'm actually on my second one. Um, it's uh, not a Tesla, but I'm currently driving, a, good man. driving a, another electric car. Yeah, I love it. So, so what factors are driving electric mobility or e-mobility? Is it environmental, regulatory, global consumer taste? You know, that's a really good question. It's actually all of the above. Um, you could actually say that early on, uh, environmental activists tracking greenhouse gas emissions and climate change initiated this e-mobility movement. Right. Um, you know, especially because, you know, with 15% of greenhouse gas emissions globally coming from transportation, wow. it was something that they could obviously target and uh, try to tackle. Uh, in fact, in, in 2016, you could say many governments around the world, uh, nearly 200, in fact, took initiative by signing something called the Paris Accords. And their underlying goal was to actually turn back the clock on global warming. And to achieve this, like many countries have actually uh, made it impossible or illegal to sell gas-powered vehicles starting in 2030. Wow. But if you ask me now, um, I surely argue that the conditions are actually driven more by consumer demand. Uh, until Tesla came along, most electric vehicles were glorified golf carts, <laughs> boring, or look something like from an alien world, right? You, right? you wouldn't want to get into it. And, you know, Tesla really changed the perception of what an electric vehicle should be. In less than eight years, you know, you take a look at um, since the first Model S was sold, uh, consumers had no choice. Uh, and right now, here in the U.S. alone, you have over like a dozen fully electric vehicles you can choose from. And there's going to be wow. double that in the next uh, few years. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Tesla, uh, even though I, I don't own one. I live in the city, but I do like the design of them. Uh, and so should I assume that you drive a Tesla or is that a big stretch? No, I was actually <laughs> going to say that's the one thing I'm not driving right now. But. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a little personal, my bad. Um, so let me ask you a question. So when it comes to electric vehicles, who do you think the traditional automo automotive players are making the big inroads? I know we talked a little bit about Tesla, but are there other companies that come to mind? Yeah, you know, to, you know whether they've publicly announced it or you know really advertised it, um, every traditional automaker is actually has a plan in place for electric vehicles. Oh wow! Um, you'll find a, quite a bit of analysts agreeing that probably 
The ones are leading or a little bit further ahead right now include uh, the Volkswagen Group, General Motors, and uh, Nissan Renault. But, you know, there's actually no clear winner right now. It's why you actually see so many new startups showing up. There's going to be more disruption and opportunity in the automotive space in the next five to 10 years than there's been in the last 50. Wow. Uh, partnerships, investment, acquisitions, all of these things can actually make a quickly move a laggard into a fast follower or even a leadership position. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a pretty exciting uh, time in industry. Uh, so, but it, it's when you talk about, you know, electric mobility, we're talking not just cars, right? There's all types of electric vehicles, right? So it's not just hybrid cars. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, you know, when you asked me my definition, right, it was about, you know, I'm talking about more than just cars, trucks, and, and SUVs, things right. like that. This applies to commercial delivery vans, long-haul semi-trucks, down to, like, smaller road vehicles, like motorcycles. Um, I'm sure you've seen bicycles and people riding around in cities on standing scooters. Oh, my God, tons. Um, yeah. E-mobility is making its way into um, off-road uh, recreational vehicles, uh, jet skis, boats, and believe it or not, even flight. Really? Yeah. So what does that look like then? <laughs> so, in, so you're talking about airplanes? It's obviously... Or maybe um, yeah, you know drones? there there are some about uh, airplanes and you know obviously people have heard about like the uh, drones but I'm I'm talking about passenger vehicles uh, that uh, look like a hybrid between a helicopter and a plane. Um, there's a term wow. in the industry that you might start hearing a lot more about. It's called an eVTOL, which is an uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. Um, but this is actually coming, and you know most people don't understand that e-mobility is not just cars. It's everything across every type of mode of transportation. Yeah, I can guarantee you our listeners do not know that. and Or maybe they do, and they're a lot smarter than I am. And so this new type of vehicle, so it's a cross between, you said, an airplane and a helicopter? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's all electric, fully electric. Fully electric. So, you know, if we're talking about new, I guess, technology and new form factors of that technology for transportation... How would you say e-mobility's changed over the last 10 or 15 years? I mean, what has been the biggest advances, like, based on your opinion? You know, it's, it's funny you ask this because most people think that e-mobility is really new. Uh, little known fact is that <laughs> in 1900, in the 1900s, you know, actually there were more cars that were electric than there were gasoline. It was like 40% to like 20 at that in, time. In 1900? Um, Wow. In 1900. Yeah. If, you, if your readers go back and, and Google it and try to look at it, it's, it's unbelievable. But, um, you know, it's actually a significant amount has changed in the last 10 years. Um, and it's not just around the obvious, which is the battery technology, um, but everything that surrounds it, including the battery management systems, the software that manages how these vehicles charge. Uh, discharge, whether it's through acceleration or driving at high speeds, these things weren't possible uh, back then. And and that's what's, you know, people don't want to change the way they drive, but that's what's uh, changed in terms of technology. It's not just around the battery itself. Um, there's been, because of this, people have been investing more time in the development of electric motors. Um, and, you know, to be honest, uh, you hear about a lot what's going on with this uh, industrial revolution of automation. Mm. Um, because electric vehicles actually have less moving parts and less parts to actually build the vehicle, this makes it actually more efficient for the automation in terms of inside the factories to build these cars more productively as well. And, and so I think you said something very important Um about five seconds ago, when we started talking about, you know, some of the challenges that I've seen, and I've got a mobile background, 
for whatever that means. But you said battery management. And so when I start thinking about my experience, you know, and some of the drawbacks that I see in my industry, some of the biggest hurdles that companies have, would you say battery management would be one of them uh, for electric vehicles? I mean, when you're designing, I guess, for, you know, implementing some type of e-mobile application. Yeah. And, and I think this actually is, it applies to anything that uses a battery. I mean, you can, yeah. you know, in your industry, you can probably, when your, uh, when your computer is working too hard, what happens, you can actually feel it heating up, Right. And so that's the same thing that happens across anything that's using a battery technology, whether it's a mobile phone. Um, it actually affects the performance. Interesting. Um, I don't think you'll, you'll you start noticing slowdowns and you'll start noticing uh, things don't work as properly. So the battery management, what that could mean is multiple things, right? That's actually has to do with like how well um, you've designed it to uh, withstand heat, maybe thermal management, whether you do active cooling or not. Um, these are all all factors that are part of it, but not to mention, um, you know, you're talking about whether you're running a computer or, or phone or a car or any type of uh, vehicle. People are, you know, people are actually more inherently taking a look at the software and saying, "Hey, everything that you do matters," right? And so that's yeah, that's hugely important. All of that's actually advancing uh, totally. And so and so for the companies that are developing, you know, these e-mobility vehicles. You know, based on what you just said, what do you think they need to think about? You know, you know, um, right now, uh, the interesting thing is, but uh, one of the biggest things I have to think about is um, supply. Uh, right now, it's actually supply. not just a, yeah. When I say supply, I'm just saying that you know, there's so much that's transforming, that's moving in electric, uh. um, that everything. Uh, the entire supply chain, in terms of anyone that's manufacturing any product, didn't see this happening so quickly, right? And so they need to take a look, um, not just at supply of batteries, but actually in the supply of qualified engineers who actually understand oh, this technology and how to create it. it, how to implement it, how to work with it. Um, and then understand that, hey, it's, it's more than a science project. This needs to be something that can be scaled where you're building hundreds and thousands of vehicles like this. Um, every year, uh, just from one one company, um, the that's that's what I would say is probably one of the biggest hurdles that um, or drawbacks that you know people are not actually able to see, and they they you know this is what I would say is an opportunity as well, and and realizing you know where should the next generation of people where they should that focus their learnings. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense, and I I think having the right skill set to supporting a technology is hugely important. So when you talk about electrical engineers versus like software developers, that's huge. Uh, and I've been in industries where you haven't had uh, that support or that knowledge base. So I can imagine what that's like. So, so what about the companies that want to include electrical mobility as part of their business? W what do they need to know? You know, for the companies that need to think about putting it as part of their um, business, I would say to understand that uh, currently, all of these new electric vehicles, they're actually the most advanced. Um, you could say people call them like a computer on wheels, right? Mm. There's so much data being collected about what's going inside, not just like, you know, how it's not just like, how far does this drive? You know, how much range does it have? Right. You know, there's so much information that's just getting collected inside this vehicle, like virtually every single part of the vehicle has some kind of sensor. It's not just on the tire pressure anymore, right? Got it. So that data... I would say, you know, first of thing is just like take a step back. You know, the way you do approach your business 
you, you've got to take a look at the fact that you're going to have access to more data than you could ever imagine. So if you could have anything, what would it be? And would it affect your business in a way that is positive and meaningful, right? And I think that's one of the things that businesses should be thinking about. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because when I think of the future of e-mobility, you know, I just draw a blank. And again, I think of like the players and the cars that you just mentioned. And it's just mind-blowing to me when you mentioned that fact about, you know, in 1900, there are more electric cars on the road than there are now. So, so what does the future look like for, for your industry, for e-mobility? You know, actually, I think the future is really bright. Um, there's just so much that's happening in this space right now that uh, eventually there's going to be a time where people are actually, anything that they can think of is going to happen in this industry. And what I mean by that is that, you know, earlier I had mentioned that electric vehicles, they use less parts. Mm. There's not going to be a lot of differentiation eventually between the powertrains and whether these vehicles can go zero to 60 in three seconds versus two seconds, it's not going to really matter. What people are focused on now is like, what is the passenger experience going to be like, right? Uh. Um, your listeners and people may hear that, uh, these vehicles are going to be like living rooms on wheels. And that's absolutely <laughs> actually a reality. It may not actually look like your living room, but to be honest, it's going to be <laughs> right. something of whatever you want it to be, right? So you could be someone that likes to, uh, you're an outdoors person, right? So this ends up being a in, inside the vehicle. It means it's purposely designed for someone who is for uh, thinking about being athletic and being outdoorsy. Uh, the traveling business person will end up wanting it to be like a moving office. This is actually reality. And anything that you can imagine, this is actually something that's probably going to be coming to fruition. Or it's, there's no bad ideas right now. Yeah, that definitely puts a smile on my face. I like the idea of uh, thinking about my car as a living room. I'm sure my wife's just as excited too. I'm being sarcastic <laughs> about that. Um, so... So, in the context of our conversation, uh, Tavis, what would be some key listener takeaways? Because I know we talked a lot today about a few things, important things. What would you want our listeners to to think about after the program's done? You know, I would say number one, um, this is here. It's it's not a science project. Um, this is not about just the environment or anything else. The entire movement of moving toward e-mobility is taking place at all levels. So to assume that it's not, that's, you know, you're going to end up being left in the dust. It would, you know, just a similar between like the old uh, flip phones compared to uh, what's happening with smartphones. Um, the second is I would say that whatever you can imagine right now is some, someone's thinking about it. Um, someone's working on it. Mm. And, you know, I would say that, you know, with that being in mind, you know, if you're looking at, you know, the career path that you're currently in, if you want to make a jump into it, the interesting thing is this industry is so new. There's no such thing as like taking a look at a specific industry and saying that skill set is the only one that applies. Uh, They're actually in incorporating um, everyone's ideas uh, this, these days. So I, I would say those are my top two takeaways. Um and, you know, my, my third is, you know, just to, you know, just take a look at the news right now. You're actually going to see that it's no longer just like these small publications that are, uh, you know, covering it. Um, every major publication, but you're going to see traditional automotive, the oil companies, um, everyone's investing in this space in some form or factor. Um, they're looking at the ecosystem around it, whether it's the charging uh, stations that are necessary for it, whether it's going to change how uh, people think about building their parking lots, because in terms of electric vehicles, 
you know, this is where they're actually applying autonomous technology as well. So, I, you know, I would say probably in some cities, you're probably going to start seeing uh, parking lots where they just only allowed automated parking. Like the car gets oh, dropped wow. off at the front and it goes and parks itself. I, I'd love to do that because I live here. I live here in San Francisco <laughs> in the Bay and the traffic is just uh, so, ridiculous in terms of Yeah, so you know what city. it's like. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, that's uh, I can only imagine. It, Tavis, I, I want to say, you know, we're nearing the ending of our time, but you've been great. And I just want to thank you for uh, spending uh, 10 or 15 minutes with us. I, I do have one last question. Sure. What's one thing you love about your job? The food. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I do. Lo- I do love the food around here. <laughs> I do love the food around here. But to be honest, like I, you know, <laughs> sorry, you know, to be serious, no. in all honesty, I love everything about it. It's, it, you know, this is, um, this is interesting for me, um, the space. I've always had an interest in terms of new technology and, and vehicles. And like I said, the great thing is that there's no such thing as a bad idea right now. Um, and, you know, every day I come in, I, I get to talk to people about something different, a u- utilization of technology in a different way that I would have never imagined um, and how it affects my life. And, I, you know, I see it uh, in talking to my friends and family. And, you know, it, that's that's what I love about this job. Well, I've got to tell you something, Tavis. You may be our first foodie on the show, and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners appreciate it. So, I, again, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show, and I am pretty sure we'll have you back at some point. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was really fun. It was very interesting, and I actually learned something, which is uh, could be a first as well. So I think that's it for us. I'm Barry Ross, and that was another episode of Rugged Rants. Each uh, tough and bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. Changes.